0: From St.
1: Paul's second letter to Timothy, let us be attentive. <coughs> Timothy, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and what you have heard from me before many witnesses, and trust in faithful men who will be able to teach others also share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier on service gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to satisfy the one who enlisted
0: him.
1: An athlete is not crowned unless he (coughs) competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the cross. Think over what I say, for the Lord will grant you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descended from David, as preached in my gospel. The gospel for which I am suffering and wearing fetters like a criminal, but the word of God is not fettered. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain salvation in Christ Jesus, with its eternal.
0: be with you all. And in your
2: spirit.
0: The reading is from the gospel according to Saint Matthew. Let us be attentive. Oh. time, Jesus went to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and cried, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, my daughter is severely possessed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying after us. He answered, I was sent home to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not fair to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered her, O woman, your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly.
2: he be to you who proclaims the gospel. Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today I want to talk about something that deeply affects all of us. For most of us, it's a regular part of our daily routine. We do this before we go to bed. We might wake up with it. Throughout the day, we might turn to it when there is free time or a free moment. We can turn to it any time, and we do. Any ideas what I'm talking about? I'm talking about TV. Now when I say TV, I mean anything that's a video that we watch on a screen. So that could be a TV, a computer, a phone, a tablet. Think back on what you've watched in the past week. What shows, what movies, what programs? Just think about it for a moment. How much of our time is spent looking at a video on a screen? How many hours each day and each week? It's fitting that I speak a little bit about TV, because today we celebrate Saint Haralambos, the Hieromartyr. Martyr. You can read about his amazing life in the front of the bulletin, how he endured torture when he was 113 years old. His name, Haralambos, means glowing with joy. So it's fitting that today I talk about things that glow, even though the glowing screens in our lives aren't radiating joy. Now let me be very clear, I'm not going to give a homily to tell you to abandon TV. We have this as such a central thing in our modern way of life. After all, what would we spend so many hours a day upon besides sleep, which our body requires, and paid work, which our financial stability requires? I would like to talk about, instead, the unspoken aspect of our lives. And I say unspoken, and that might seem strange, because of how often we talk to others about TV shows, about the movies we've seen, about popular YouTube uh, videos, This is all a part of our social fabric, but what remains unspoken and perhaps unknown is why. Why do we watch TV? Why are we drawn to our screens evening after evening, day after day? Maybe this isn't something I should talk about because it will make us all uncomfortable. And please understand, I'm not immune to this. I have a TV, a computer, a phone, an iPad. But if we're spending so many hours a day on this one activity, we must look at the why. So please forgive me for delving into a difficult subject. I'll do us all a favor and focus on just myself a little bit. I remember the first rated R movie that I watched. I was around 10 years old, we were staying at my mom's best friend's house, and her husband was watching me and my brother's that afternoon. And he offered that we could watch a movie. We looked through, and we all picked together Terminator. And he said, does your mom let you watch rated R movies? And we sheepishly said yes, and he believed us. I also remember the feeling inside after watching it, not just the feeling of having lied and betrayed my mom, <coughs> But the feeling from having the scenes of the movie play and replay in my head over and over. We've all had that feeling. The feeling of, I shouldn't have watched that. Of being stuck with the mental images that we can't erase. And the more we try to, the more we revisit them and the more they get stuck. In the gospel today, I heard, we heard the stark line, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. When I recall some of the things that I've watched in my life, I think this line should be inverted. It should be, it's not right to take the dog's food and feed it to the children. We are the children of God. What is the food that we are consuming? I've witnessed darkness on the TV screens, I've seen cruelty, I've seen torture, all kinds of immorality and lewdness, vicious gossip, backbiting, marital infidelity that's romanticized, rage, hatred. It's all been within the safe confines of someone else's story, a fictional character, an actor. Yet all of these are small traumas that remain with me. As humans, we're gifted by God to be highly adaptive. So what do we do? We adapt to the small traumas of damaging scenes from movies and shows by reminding ourselves it's not real and then convincing ourselves that, therefore, it's okay to watch. We want the thrill or the escape we get from watching someone else's life, so we are eager and willing to take on the harm as well. Much of the time, we don't want to believe that there is harm. We turn a blind eye so that we don't have to actually stop it and turn it off. We don't want to turn it off. Why? Why? Why do we put ourselves through all of this, putting scenes and images in our head which are only doing us harm? Why do I insist on this time and time again? Because I feel that I need it so much. The desire is so strong in us that most of us couldn't fathom having a month or even a week without TV, without any videos of any kind. Think about it. Why do I need it so much? Why is it that I'm seeking, what is it that I'm seeking in TV? For most of us, the answer is that we want some form of escape. We've had another hard day of life with disappointments, frustrations, stresses, and pains. and we just want a little mindlessness. To have some sweetness at the end of the day, if you will. We crave our daily ritual, our decompression. We think, at least I don't have to deal with the weariness, the anguish, the depression, whatever it may be. And this same craving is true not only for watching movies or TVs, with or without inappropriate content, but this is also for our rituals of watching CNN and other news channels and ESPN and other sports games. In all of these, we seek to forget our struggles and focus on something else. We are wandering and thirsty, as the psalmist says, in a barren, untrodden, and unwatered land. We crave a way to forget our life for a moment or a few hours. But when it's all over, our life is still there. and all of the mess and emotion and frustration, we're looking for the wrong solution. We experience sadness, discontentment, loneliness, and we want them to disappear, to forget about them. And we hope they go away. In fact, we can only make them diminish by seeking their opposites. Joy for sadness, peace for discontent, love for loneliness, but we pursue the wrong solution. It would be like when a child is crying in pain, we plug our ears and say, well, now the child isn't crying anymore. Of course the crying doesn't stop. For us, the child is our soul, crying out for joy, peace, and love, which can only be found in Christ when we plug our ears with TV. St. John of Kronstadt says the following, and this is before the age of TV. Sometimes people become terribly despondent and faint hearted and drive away their anguish with entertainment. But such means afterwards increases still more the anguish and weariness of their hearts. If they turn to God, then the burden is removed from their heart and they clearly see that previously the heaviest burden was lying on their heart, though frequently they didn't feel it. Oh, how many men there are who have forsaken God, the fountain of living waters, and have instead hewn out cisterns, broken cisterns, that hold no living water. Men have many such broken cisterns, and nearly everybody has his own. The broken cisterns are our hearts, our passions. St. John of Cronstadt says, Our cisterns are broken. Our craving is toward Christ, the source of the joy, peace, and love that we seek. But we have broken cisterns, passions that lead us to seek something other than Christ. Yet we cannot fill that craving with anything else. As the psalmist says, O God, my God, my soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a barren, untrodden, and unwatered land. This is a statement of reality. How often I don't think that. I don't think that my soul really thirsts for God. My flesh longs for God. Yet watching TV is not simply a barren land, it's a perilous land. Because the images that stick with us invite us to sin. There are also the passions which are ignited by watching the news channels or sporting events or other programs. Anger, cynicism, frustration, egotism, aggression... I remember living in Boston in 2003 and 2004. Now, for any of you who are Red Sox fans, you know those years. 2003, they played up to the seventh game in the finals against the Yankees and lost in extra innings. In the entire city, it was as though the greatest tragedy had occurred that next day, walking around. And vice versa, in 2004, it was like there was a revolution like some great, wonderful, glorious thing had happened because the Red Sox had won the World Series. Our participation in what we watch is not passive. We are attaching ourselves to it and it to us. What treasure are we storing up in our hearts? As our Lord says, "...a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil." So out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We are united to whatever we take part in. If it is redemptive, we will be redeemed. If it causes sin, then we will be sinful. St. Haralambos, as he was being tortured, said this to his torturers, I thank you, brethren, that you have restored my spirit, which longs to pass over to a new and everlasting life. What in my life is restoring my spirit? What is destroying my spirit? It is naive to think that all of this is neutral. It directly affects our communion with Jesus and His saints and angels. I know that I have pained them by what I have watched. They don't want to be in the presence of things that are ungodly. Think of the TV that you've watched in the last week. Could you imagine all of it, with all of it, That St. John Maximovich or the Panagia was sitting and watching with you? What would they say? Would they stay? One priest I know gave this litmus test. He said, Can you do that with Christ in your heart? In other words, can Christ be present when you do that, whatever that thing is? God wants to give us something far greater than what we receive from the TV but He can't when we turn our attention away from Him. He wants to give us life abundantly. He wants us to have joy, peace, and love. So there is something greater for our lives. God wants to give it to us in abundance, to fill in the emptiness that we feel. His joy can be our joy, and we can be glowing with joy, just like Haralambos. How do we, in the words of St. Paul, redeem the time? How do we turn away from the things of this world? Well, St. Paisios has a simple solution. He says, if you're tired at the end of the day and therefore more susceptible to temptation, the least you can do is go to bed. How many times have I stayed up later than I should to watch something that I shouldn't? If going to sleep is not always the best solution, then we should at least ask the why. Why do I want to watch TV? What am I actually seeking? As I said before, I'm not trying to convince you to stop watching TV altogether. That's way too big of a step for most of us. But simply to ask the why. So here I'll give three simple steps. Cut out the most sinful content. Be aware, don't be numb to the small traumas. Treat every movie or show as real with real people that you know. Would you want to see them doing that thing? Second, set a timer and stick to it. Cutting back a little can accomplish a lot. Try it. And three, try not to make decisions when you're already tired. Like St. Paisio says, just go to bed. As a final note, there are more redemptive things that we can do with our time, so find them. If praying is too hard at that time, then do other things that bring you closer to God, closer to his joy, peace, and love. You can read a book, go for a walk, draw, do puzzles or games, write, sit by the fire drinking tea or a glass of wine, go out into nature, play an instrument, listen to worthwhile podcasts or audiobooks, or many, many other things. Redeem the time. And through these things, you can find your heart warmed towards prayer, towards communion with God, towards joy and peace and love, the things that you really want. My brothers and sisters, let's look at the why we watch what we watch. Let us not be broken cisterns, which can't hold the living water of God because we're filling it with other things. God, who desires an abundant life for us, is patiently waiting to give us His joy, His peace, and His love. Amen.